0: All the latest news and more is always right at hand with the Texarkana Gazette mobile app. Updates and breaking news alerts throughout the day keep you up to speed on everything happening in Texarkana and beyond. There's even a daily digital replica of our print edition. All the features you love, like puzzles and our special sections, are right there. It's like having the whole paper in your pocket or purse. Best of all, it's free to download. Look for the Texarkana Gazette app in Google Play or the Apple App Store today. Hello and welcome to On The Line. I'm Carl Richter. In today's episode, we continue our look at the 1981 murders of 14-year-old Karen Alexander and her brother, 13-year-old Gordon Alexander in Texarkana, Arkansas. Gazette reporter Mallory Wyatt joined me to talk with Carla Lewis, who as a child, knew the Alexanders. Carla shared her memories of her friends and learning they had been killed. She talked about how the crime continues to affect her, and most importantly, made a plea for anyone with information to come forward. If you know anything that could help crack the case, we urge you to call the Texarkana, Arkansas Police Department's Criminal Investigation Division at 903. 798 3130. That's 903 798 3130. Here's our conversation with Carla Lewis. All right, joining us to talk about the Alexander cold case, it's Carla Lewis. Hi, Carla. Welcome to the studio. Hi. You knew Karen and Gordon Alexander. Yes. Uh, Tell me about them and and what you remember about them.
1: Uh, I remember Karen, we went to school together. We started, I guess I kind of got to know Karen my seventh grade year at College Hill. Uh, she was very quiet, uh, very kept to herself a lot, didn't really do a lot of socializing mm-hmm. with anybody. Um, I mean, you never knew she was in the classroom. She was such a quiet person, and she she was such a sweetheart, too. I mean, yeah. she, nobody that met her there was not a stranger to her. If you met her, you loved her instantly because that's just the kind of person she was. Uh, Her brother Gordon, I didn't really know him as well as I did Karen, but a little bit I did know of of Gordon, he was the same, just an overall good kid. Never bothered anybody, would do anything in the world that anybody needed. If you you needed to help with something, Gordon was always there to help, always, and always had a smile on their faces. They always had a smile on their face.
0: Do you remember the family... Generally, did you know their parents?
1: I, I didn't really know the mother that well, but I had met the father a few times, and he was he was always a very nice man, very polite, well-mannered, very soft-spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked a lot, so I didn't really see him very much. But, you know, I, I would see him with the kids, you know, at the grocery store and, and places like that, and he always would smile and say hello, and he was just he was just a very kind man. I didn't really know the mother too well because I didn't really see her often with, with the family.
0: Yeah. Uh, What do you remember about that horrible day?
1: Uh, Well, I had moved to Bloomberg, Texas, just not long before that happened. And I was staying with a friend of mine's house that day. We were at uh, their house, spent the night that night, a girl I went to school with. And I remember my mother calling me on the phone Mm -hmm. and telling me, she said, "Uh, I need to tell you something that's happened. And I said, what? And I knew this went The way she talked, I could tell in the tone there was definitely something not right. And uh, I said, well, what's going on? And she said, Karen and Gordon were murdered last night. And I said, do what? She said, Karen and Gordon were killed last night. And I just, I, I froze. I didn't know what to say. I, I just, I, I couldn't believe it. I was just in shock. And I i told her, I said, are you sure that it was Karen and Gordon? She said, I'm positive. She said, it, and I said, what happened? And she said, I don't know any of the details. And I i told her, I said, how did it happen? She said, I don't know. I don't know any of the details. I just know that they were both killed last night. And it was after I got to the house is when I found out that Karen was still alive, but I didn't know the extent of the damages. I just knew that she was in the hospital and that's all that I knew. But I knew that Gordon had passed away in the home. And I asked mother, I said, well, what about the parents? Are the parents okay? And she said that uh, she didn't really know any of the details of what the situation was she just knew that the kids were there at home alone and i I knew the dad had worked overnight Mm -hmm. and she said the kids were at home alone and she said she didn't know if someone had broke into the house or if it was someone that they knew she said she just didn't really know any any details except for the fact that that she thought that they had both passed at one time but i found out the next day like i said that karen was still alive And I was really praying hard that this was, you know, she was going to pull through this because, like I said, I had no idea the extent of the damages.
2: In the aftermath, um, when you came back to uh, Texarkana, did you get to meet with any old friends and did y'all ever get to talk about what had happened And.
1: no, I didn't. I lost, like I said, when I moved away, I lost touch with a lot of my friends uh, from school. Some of them had moved away. Some of them had moved to a different location in mm-hmm. Texas, Canada. So I didn't know how to find them. And at the time, we didn't have Facebook to rely on, you mm-hmm. know, to locate people like that. So I didn't, but I would, I did go by the old house place to see, if, you know, how everything looked there. And it just, it just—it was such a solemn place. It was just so sad that when I when I drove by there, the sadness just—I was overwhelmed with sadness, and you could—I could feel the sadness from the location. Yeah, you could Goodness. just feel it, and and to this day you can still feel it when you go by there. It's
0: sort of a haunted place. It,
1: it is. I went by there when they had the memorial here, you know, back in April when they had the Memorial Day that day. I went over and took some stuff over there, and my husband and I were standing there, and I told him I said I can feel. These children, I could feel these babies here with me. And in my heart just breaks knowing that both parents are passed now and they have no closure. These babies have nothing.
2: Do you think someone knows something in that? You know, Do you know why they haven't shared? Or?
1: I think somebody does, but I think maybe they're afraid or maybe they feel like what they know is not important enough to even be a factor in this. But if you know something... No matter how tiny it might be, tell somebody. Come forward with it. It might be the key that we need to give this closure we need because the family needs closure. Her friends, those of us that knew Karen and Gordon and loved them, we need need that closure.
0: Do you think it's Facebook that's caused the recent resurgence in interest in this or –
1: I think the Facebook is bringing people out more yeah. where they're feeling more safe and more secure. Where they, I feel like if they're on Facebook, they, maybe they feel more safe and secure where they can talk without being seen mm-hmm. or noticed, you know, because a lot of people can go in there and, and they can go under an assumed name and give the information they need, you know, and maybe that's why they're doing that. I don't know, but somebody out there somewhere has got to know something. This just, yeah. somebody had to have heard something or seen something, anything. What I don't understand is how did this person get away from that house covered in, in the blood? Yeah. There's, there's no way he was not. There's no way this person went unseen. Somebody seen this person leave because with the amount of damage that was done to these children, there's no way he, he or she or whoever did this walked out of there without something on them. Yeah. And I don't understand how nobody seen that.
2: I want to backtrack a little bit. Um, I want to kind of get to know Karen and Gordon a little bit. Um, did y'all ever go anywhere or, you know, get ice cream or something? Do you have any fond memories of them?
1: Uh, well, I grew I was the oldest of four girls, so mom and dad kept us very close to home. They didn't let us get out and <laughs> run around a lot, you know. And I mean, they, we, we lived out in the country, too, so. Yeah. But uh, my main time, I really spent a lot of time with Karen was in school. Yeah. You know, between classes and then lunchtime and things like that. You know, we would talk in class and, And visit, I was a year ahead of her in school, but I was, you know, we were all, we were all kind of right there in one spot. So, you know, we kind of stuck close together and I would see her in the pass in passing in the halls and we would stop and talk in the halls. And she, she always was so polite and and sweet and just a smile on her face and just never had a care in the world. Just took life as it was handed to her.
2: Just her typical middle school teenage girl.
1: Yes, yes. She didn't, she wasn't into sports or anything like that. You know, she was so shy. She was a very shy girl. And, uh, but she always had a smile on her face. Always.
2: Yeah. She sounds like she was a very sweet person.
1: She was very sweet. And anybody that knew her was very, very lucky. Was a very lucky person to know her. And, and if you were friends with her, you were even luckier because you got to be a friend with her. Because she was just a sweet, sweet person. I mean. God, he when he created that one, he broke the mold because she was she was a one of a kind. She was a one of a kind sweet person, and I know if she was here today, she would still be the same sweet, kind person she was when she was a little girl.
0: Um, their mother later died by suicide. Have you thought about that over the years and what that might mean?
1: Yes, yes, I've I wondered if maybe her. Doing that was a, her way out of trying to deal with the loss for kids or if it was, maybe it was just too much. I don't know. I've just, I've thought about all this through the years. Yeah. It's, it's It stays on my mind constantly and in my, and it's always in my heart. Always. Yeah. And I wondered how the dad, you know, how, how, how he did, you know, because I lost, I didn't get to see him any after that. Yeah. And it's just you know I've wondered about the family when I found out the mother had committed suicide. I, my first initial thought was maybe it was just too much for her to handle because I know she was having some mental issues before the children were killed. Yeah, and I don't know if maybe this was just too much for her to handle or or what. I don't know. I mean, it was surely heartbreaking. Definitely,
0: definitely. yeah, just to say the least.
1: Mm, yes.
0: Um, do you have any ideas about what might have happened? Do you have a theory?
1: Uh, yeah, in my in my in my own my own thoughts about all this, uh, you know, I had read where some of them had said that she had walked to the laundromat and this strange man had been talking to her. Karen would not talk to strange men. That's yeah. just not what she did. She she didn't do that. And I would see Karen at Piggly Wiggly because I like my grandmother lived on Garden Street and I stayed at my grandma's a lot on Garden. And, Of course, I'd walk to the Piggly Wiggly and I would see Karen there and Gordon. And he would write us. His wheelchair up there with her to the store and stuff, and I'd stop and talk to him. But Karen was never one to talk to strangers, mm-hmm. never. And so, whoever this man was, my, I was thinking about it the other day, and I got to thinking, you know, I wonder if this guy maybe asked her, "Do you have a boyfriend?" You know, as mm-hmm. pretty as you are, you're such a pretty little girl, you ought to have a lot of boyfriends, you know. And maybe he wormed his way into her by warming her up, you know, talking yeah. stuff, talking to her like that, you know, and. Because Karen was, she was innocent. She was innocent in every way. And, I mean, if you, want, if you approached her and talked to her like that, then you would grab her attention, you know. Because, I mean, she just, I don't know, she, I don't even know how to say it. She was such a quiet girl. But I'm thinking that maybe this man might have walked up and said, you know, hi, how are you? You know, do you have a boyfriend? And if she said, no, well, I don't believe that. You're such a pretty little girl. You ought to have right. a lot of boyfriends. I bet if, I bet if, if you really look, you probably got some boys have a crush on you. I wish I was younger. I'd be your boyfriend. You right. know, something like that maybe. I don't know.
0: So you feel like somebody might have sort of charmed her in a way. That's what I'm yeah. thinking.
1: I'm thinking somebody charmed her. And I've talked to a couple of uh, friends of mine that were really good friends with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said that, you know, that their, and their thoughts and my thoughts as well is that whoever – Went to their house. Karen had to be comfortable with them in order to let them in. I don't. Karen would not let somebody in that she didn't know. That's just not what Karen would do. And it's, I, I truly believe that it was somebody that either she has had recently met and was comfortable with, maybe, and felt safe with this person to let them in like that. I don't know, but I just I don't understand it. I, I just I'm not understanding any of this.
0: It's just so baffling i mean what could possibly have happened i, I it's just a yes. real mystery
1: i know it i know it. and because they had a dog outside mm-hmm. so the whoever this was got past the dog without being bit yeah the dog barked aggressively and then the house they were in the neighborhood they were in everybody was lived so close together in that neighborhood mm-hmm. and you know, you would think they would want to see what the dog was barking at. I mean, it's it's after ten o'clock at night. Because mm-hmm. I know the dad had gone to work at ten, so it was after ten p.m. when all this had to have happened. So, you hear a dog barking that late at night, your first instinct is to get up and look and see what's going on. Yeah. You know, but evidently, I don't know, but nobody's coming forward with any of that, and I don't understand that. And then, he, this man or who whoever this was, was able to get inside the house freely so evidently karen must have known them or was comfortable with them enough to let them in but what triggered the anger is what i don't understand i don't understand if maybe he tried to make a sexual advance towards her and she pushed him away or she told him no she wasn't interested and maybe that set off the anger i don't know but it had to been some serious anger to do what he did to these children it had to be and i don't understand what in the world either one of those kids could have done to cause that kind of an anger because they just wasn't like that. They, they weren't like that. Like I said, anybody that met these kids liked these kids. They were good kids. Yeah. They never got into trouble in school. They never got into fights with anybody in school. They just, they were good kids. Always good kids.
0: How hopeful are you that this is going to get solved?
1: <sighs> I pray every single day. I pray every day that God can help put this together, solve this, solve this, put it, you know, it it needs to be put to rest. And it's it's because too much time has gone by too much time has gone by. And it's not fair to those babies. It's not fair to the parents. It's not fair to the friends. We all need closure. We all need something to give us the peace in our hearts. You know, the parents are both gone, but they deserve that. And those babies sure deserve it. They deserve to know, you know, and I, I want to know why. That's my question. I want someone to tell me why this person did this to them. What did these kids do to you to make you do this to them? So I'm, I'm 100% hopeful that we can get this solved.
0: What do you think should happen to the person if they catch them?
1: Uh, I don't know <laughs> if I want to say that on air.
0: <laughs>
1: well, let's see here. I've, I don't want him to put to death. Because I want him to to think about what he's done. I want him to suffer every single day of his life. I want him to be put somewhere where it's a constant reminder of what he's done. Yeah, you know, death is death to me. In my opinion, is too is an easy way out. Put him to death, then then you're solving it. You're you're taking his life because he took theirs. But what are you solving? I want him to suffer. I want him to mentally suffer every single day of his life. I want him to remember what he's done. I want it to be a constant torture in his mind.
2: So you think this person's still around? Potentially? I think so. I really do. I really think he is. Okay.
1: And I'm hoping and praying that if he is still around, I'm hoping that he is living with the utmost heavy guilt that a human being can ever live with. I have to wonder... If he is still around, does he think about what he's done? Does he have any regrets? Anything? How does he go on with his life every day? How do you continue to walk around this town every day knowing what you did? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you think you'll ever have any peace until somebody's caught?
1: No. I won't. Uh, It's been 41 years. 41 years. I was uh, 15 years old when yeah. his babies were murdered, 15 years old. And I have spent the last 41 years of my life thinking about them, wondering, I still see their their faces in my head every day. Yeah, There's not a day that doesn't go by that they do not cross my mind. And I wonder, you know, have, have, have they found peace in heaven? Have they been able to come to terms, what's happened to them? Are they, you know? Because I know that's where they're at. I know they're with the good Lord. I know God took them home to be with Him, and they're in a lot better place.
2: But they still deserve—they still deserve the, the closure. And I, I was thinking back, like I guess in a kind of way, what a tumultuous thing to happen when you're a kid. I mean, just something that you can't even probably even fathom as a kid. Yeah,
0: when you were fifteen. Yeah.
2: It's such a I mean, tumultuous time anyway, yeah. as a teenage yeah. girl. Yeah, and to hear about that for your friends.
1: I did. I the day, like I said, the day my mother called me, I was with one of my best friends from school, and I I sit down and I talked to her, and, and she, you know, of course, she didn't know Karen because she lived yeah. out of town, and she said, "I don't know these kids." And I told her, I said, "I'm not understanding this," and she said, "Well, you know," she said, "What can I do to help?" I said, "There's nothing anybody can do to help. Nothing." I said, "There's." You're 15 years old and you hear news that a friend of yours has been murdered. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's hard on a 15-year-old to lose a friend in a car accident, but to know that one of your friends was cold
2: blood murdered,
1: yeah. that is something that, I don't know, my mind just could not wrap around that.
2: Yeah. Well, it I, I just imagine it's so hard to recover from. It's such a tumultuous time as, a young, as a young person.
1: It is. It's very hard. And my mother, she, you know, she... She did the best she could to try to help me, you know, to deal with it and everything. We talked about it, and, you know, and I, I didn't keep it closed up. I talked about it, and to this day, I still talk about it because I mm-hmm. still have the emotional breakdowns on yeah. occasion, you know, thinking about it. And and I I picture, I try to picture in my mind the scene, mm-hmm. how that baby laid there for so long and the way she was done. And she, that baby laid there, and she held on to her daddy got home. And that is the most heartbreaking thing in the world to me is to know that that little girl right there, all those hours, yeah. hurt the way she was. And she held on for her daddy to get there to find her. And it, I can't even begin to imagine what the father felt walking in and finding mm. his child that way. My heart breaks knowing that he walked in and found his babies. Yeah. I can't even begin to understand how anybody could could go through that and continue to live. I couldn't do it. And I don't know how in the world he found the strength to do it. Yeah, I don't know how he did.
2: I'm just—I just want to say that I'm really glad that um, you found the strength to kind of keep up and to be able and willing to speak with us about this. So, thank you.
1: Well, I, this is all for Karen and Gordon. It's—it's it's for them. It's for their memory. Yeah, you know they may be gone, but we're going to keep their memory alive.
2: What are the efforts that have been taken over the years? I know that you said that um, early this year you went to a memorial, correct? Yes. Okay, how was that?
1: Sad. Very sad. It, it's like it when I when I got there, it was like it just happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. It just, every time I go by there, it just feels like it just happened. It doesn't feel like it's been 41 years. It feels like it just happened yesterday. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and I guess it probably always will until they until they find who did this. But I, I'm hoping and praying to God that I'm I, I live long enough to see this happen. I really do. I have prayed every day that they find this person.
0: What can people do to help?
1: Just if you know something, come forward. Like I said, and no matter how tiny it might be to you, it could be the key to opening up the next door. Mm-hmm. If you saw something that that didn't look right to you, no matter it and it may not be anything at all. Tell it. You know, if you saw somebody walking down the road that night, I, somebody seen this person leave, they had to have. There's no way that nobody saw anything. No mm-hmm. way. Because I, I used to, that neighborhood. I've, I have walked that neighborhood my entire life. Like I said, I grew up on College Hill, and, and I know the, all that area, in the Carmichael Hill, and before the Texas up was put in, and they had the old wooden bridge there. I remember all that. So I know there's... People all down through there, and I know somebody saw something, heard something. If, Like I said, if you heard something, tell it. Tell what you heard. Tell what you saw. If you found something that may, you may think that might link to that, bring it forward. It may not be anything, but then again, it could be the key, like I said, that opens that next door we need opened because we've got to get that door open. Somebody out there somewhere knows something. They've got to know something.
0: We'll put the contact information for uh T-A-P-D in the description of this episode so people know who to call if they have any information.
1: Because Mm -hmm. from what I've understood just through the articles that I have read through the years, the man or whoever did this evidently left in the same clothes that he came in with. So he left covered in blood. He had to have. He didn't shower. And so he, somebody had to see somebody covered in blood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, somebody had to see this. You know, it might, maybe it was just somebody, uh, somebody, a homeless person. I don't know, but it, somebody somewhere saw something, or they've heard somebody say something. If you've heard somebody say something, bring that forward. Yeah. You know, you never know. Every little tiny thing matters. It doesn't matter how small you think it is. It could be the big. It could be the big thing we're looking for. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks so much for talking to us today. And I know it's. Uh, not an easy thing to talk about, and uh, we sure hope it helps.
1: I do, too. I do, too. I Just like I said, if anybody out there knows anything, please, please, please come forward. Come forward, please. Do it for the sake of those babies, because they deserve that. They deserve this.
0: All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. On the line is a Texarkana Gazette podcast recorded in Star Bear Studio right here in downtown Texarkana, USA. Follow on the line on Twitter at OTLTXK and on our website texarkanagazette.com/podcast. To support the show, post a positive review wherever you get your podcasts. The show is written Produced and edited by yours truly, Carl Richter. And I'd love to hear from you. Email me at krichter at texarcanogazette.com. I'll see you next time on the line.